Good morning, Alyssa. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Do I call you Will, Uncle Will? What do your listeners know you as? They know me as Will, but you can call me whatever. Uh, You're my uncle, so (laughs) I'll call you Uncle Will if that's okay. Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll try to introduce you. You're my niece, and you're a new lawyer, attorney. What's your proper name? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. Um, Some will say lawyer. Some will say attorney. I don't really know if there's a distinction, but technically... My title is Esquire, which means that I've passed the bar, so I'm barred and licensed in the state of Missouri, and hopefully soon to be New York, so. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So, New York, that's where your your employment is at, even though you're in Missouri. Is that why you want to pass the bar in New York? Well, so, yes, my firm is in New York City. I have taken the bar in Missouri. It's what's called a uniform bar exam state. So approximately anywhere from 20 to 30 states now have what's called a UBE exam, which means that if you get a median score that's accepted by one of these states, then you can transfer in your score and then go through a couple other background checks and maybe take another smaller exam to get reciprocity. So the nice thing is that both New York and Missouri will accept my score. I scored high enough to be into both, and so I just have to finish up some of the more bureaucratic things of the paperwork to transfer the score into New York, and then I'll be barred in both states. So That's good. Yeah. So so long as New York accepts all of it, right? There's always that. So they hopefully will. So what led you in this direction uh, as far as you know, law goes? So I've always wanted to be an attorney ever since I was younger, and my mom would joke that I needed to specialize in contract loopholes um, because she said that I would always have something to say to point out the but or the uh, way to work around something else. Um, She said that I was also really good at negotiating and said that those were kind of, excuse me, good attributes for an attorney to have. And then, as you know, my dad had wanted to be an attorney at one point as well. Um, And he was a part of his debate team back in high school and college and was very instrumental in that. And um, I thought was very supportive of my decision to want to pursue that. Um, So I decided that was kind of the best path for me to take because it just seemed like it fit with my personality type and was always one of the big goals I had. So um, I went to the University of Florida for law school, and while there, decided specifically I wanted to do tax law, which I think scares a lot of people off, but for me it seemed like a great challenge, and I had wonderful mentors in place at the University of Florida, Um, and so I then decided to do an additional year of school at New York University NYU Law, um, and specialized in, got what's called an LLM, it's like a legal master's in taxation. Okay, so that's interesting that your um, your personality is kind of like, is it kind of like uh, all the exceptions always come to mind? Like if someone's talking with you and pushing something, like you're always thinking of, well, there is this exception. Is that kind of what you mean by your personality as far as and your, how your mom said you could look for loopholes? <laughs> I think so. I'm I'm not quite sure what exactly she meant by it, but I think you're right that there's always... 
there's always a gray area. There's always an exception. There's always a way to carefully word something differently. So maybe mm-hmm. that's what she was going with. Yeah. So my youngest son, Jimmy, is like that. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> I think I'm like that, too. Like, whatever's being pushed at me, I tend to push back <laughs> with, um, you know, and I guess that's easy to do because few things are black and white. There's like always an exception. <laughs> I think that's true. I think few things are black and white, um, which is good. I th- But I think it's also to a sense of you're inquisitive. So for me, I didn't necessarily feel like it was a pushback or it was always like an exception, but it was also like there's other things to consider. And what mm-hmm. if we looked more into this versus that? So I think that inquisitive nature goes a long way as well and sometimes can be perceived by others as being something that's, you know, trying to push back or trying to question, but it's really a matter of exploration. And so I think that's an important trait and skill to have. Yeah. Right. Um, It does seem good and it just kind of can open dialogue and... um, it can help you to understand people who are kind of outside your own circles and be open to that and, you know, that type of thing. So tax law does seem like the most least interesting thing. <laughs> but um, Or anyway. most, or most. Okay. I was actually, when I did a study abroad program in London, and I had to be stopped by the, the customs agent there, and he said, what, what are you here for? I said, I'm a student. And he goes, what type of schooling? You know, the, the whole question. Well, then he narrowed it down to, I said, well, I'm, I'm in tax law. And he said, well, that just sounds horrific. I said, well, maybe to some. And he goes, what got you into that? And I said, well, I think it was Ben Franklin, don't quote me on this, who said there's two things that are certain, death and taxes. I think other people have said that as well. And I said, and I really hate estate planning. (laughs) So I figured taxes was the next best place to go. And he chuckled and thought that was funny. But in actuality, I think that the tax law is an area of law that we all have touches with. So from, you know, from our perspective as individuals in the United States, we pay tax, we pay federal income tax, you pay state and local tax, there's a state and gift taxes. So it touches everybody, which I thought was really interesting. Um, No one, well, hopefully no one will say I've never paid taxes before. (laughs) Um, And so I think it's interesting to be able to be in an area of law that really does impact everybody. Uh, me specifically, I work in international and mergers and acquisitions areas, the tax law. So most of the people I'm dealing with are not actually people, people like you and I, they're corporations, hmm. um, which I think is interesting because instead of making decisions that are impacting, you know, how you filed your taxes this year as an individual, we're looking at things that kind of feel more like puzzles. How do we structure a deal to be the most efficient on a tax basis, or how do we advise you to, you know, classify your entity so that you have, from a business perspective, the best benefit, but then also from the tax perspective, the best benefit. So, um, I think that's kind of a cool thing since I really like that inquisitiveness we're talking about and the puzzles. It's what it is. It's a big puzzle. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got some just questions to jump off of. And- All right. So, like, my first thing I jotted down is, like, what's important to you and why? And I'm talking about, like, in life. Like, that's what's important to you. Like, 
where you're needing to get today and stuff like that, but just, okay. you know, in general, in life, and uh, that fits with your personality, you know, what, how would, uh, what are your thoughts about that? What is important in life? This is a good question. I don't know if I've really sat down and thought about it. Um, I think a big one that resonates with me right now is the people you surround yourself with. And also your ability to know whom you are in that group of people. Um, I think that people oftentimes feel like you're kind of stuck in the circles that you run with or the people that you've been chosen to affiliate with based on you know, your family or your geographic location. But I think it's really important to work hard to cultivate a group of people who support and encourage you and that allow you to still continue to have confidence and grow in yourself as well. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's really kind of interesting. I just received an email from um, a fella, a friend, but it's more of like a, a group email for from a list. And he was just saying the same thing that are the people who we're connected to, they shape who we are and they kind of make up our world, so to speak. So it's important for those people to be, um, you know, mutually nurturing and these weren't his words, but kind of how I'm mm -hmm. paraphrasing it. Um, so what kind of people is important to you to be around? Well, I think for me, it's important that, you know, people aren't just like nice and friendly and whatnot, but that also would, I think have some of the traits of empathy and the ability to listen and the ability to kind of be like what I would call a cheerleader. Um, you want people that are going to celebrate your accomplishments, but you're also going to want people who um, are there for you whenever you know the accomplishments seem few and far between. So finding those people is, I think, something that's hard to do. Um, but when you do find those people, they're generally the ones that are there for the long haul. And something I strive to do is to be that for others. I want to be excited for those things that go well in life and be there for you when things maybe aren't going so well. Um, I have to also think it's important to find people who... Are, um, are, are challenging you. They don't have to always agree with you. Um, I think something I've learned recently, especially since we talk about you know the divisiveness of culture, I think is a common trend right now, is your friends don't always have to agree with how you, you see the world. And in fact, I think it's important to have good friends that you value and trust that are different from you, whether that be politically or their views on um, you know, the, how we perceive the world or whatnot. Um, because that's going to challenge you and be able to allow you to sit down and actually think of something maybe from a perspective that you wouldn't have before. Yeah. Do you ever listen to Jordan Peterson? I don't. Okay. Yeah, he, he kind of talks about some of these things and says to be careful of friends who aren't celebrating your successes because it kind of threatens them a little bit. Like they're not... Mm -hmm really wanting to rise up and they're more comfortable if you're kind of down where they are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's almost like they're working against you somewhat. But anyway, um, well, that's all really, really good because we are, um, the way I think of us as creatures is like socially connected. Yes. It's just, seems like, like 
the most significant or one of the most significant parts of our lives and who we are. I would agree with that. So do you um, feel pretty good about the people you're connected to, friendships and so forth? I think um, it's a goal I always have to continue to strive towards finding finding those people who support and have you. Um, I would say that I think that the pandemic and going into lockdown was challenging because I was in moments of life where I was hoping to find more of those friends. I was in school and had moved, just moved to New York City. So unfortunately, trying to cultivate a lot of the friendships and finding good people in people groups was forced to be online, remote, you know, remotely, as many of us were. So I think that's kind of presented a challenge, but it's also presented more opportunities. I've been able to now connect with friends who, some of which I've only met two or three times face to face, but they're amazing, wonderful people that were in my tax law program. And now we celebrate each other's successes in getting jobs. And we, you know, text or call frequently about questions we have and the work regards or um, just things going on in life. And so I think that's something that's really exciting is to be able to connect with people in a whole new way now. So do you have any kind of method for staying close to your friends? Like, um, you know, like it's a common for people to talk about their college friends or their high school friends or whatever, but then not to stay um, connected to them. Is that something that just comes natural to you? Or do you have to, um, do you do certain things to make sure that that's happening? Or like, how is it for you and your friends <laughs> for staying connected to each other? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. It's something that comes natural, but it's also something that I have to make an effort towards. Um, for me personally, I think when you find people that you want to be around and you want to have in your life, you're more inclined to reach out to them if you haven't heard from them in a while. Um, I also just genuinely like to know how people are doing. If I see someone post something on social media that they're on vacation or they had a life accomplishment and I realize, oh, I haven't talked to them in a while, I love to follow up. And I think that then that reopens a conversation or sometimes if it's a really great friend, you can feel like you just picked up where you left off. Um, and I think that's when you know that you really have a great connection with a person is you can go, you know, weeks, months, whatnot, and, and then check back in with somebody. And I think through life, you kind of pick up people through different seasons, different experiences. You know, you have friends from high school, friends from college, friends from work. And I think that you kind of start to pick up those people. And the ones as you continue on down the journey of life, the ones that are good, that are great people that you want to be around, they're going to continue to kind of stick with that. And the ones that maybe, you know, have other things going on or, you know, didn't, didn't want to stay within that friend circle, they're going to eventually trickle off. And you know what? That's okay, too, because they were there for that season of your life when you needed them or they needed you. Okay, cool. Um, well, this next question, sometimes I look at my questions and think, wow, they're kind of strange, but <laughs> That's they're okay. just jumping off places. So, like, from your perspective of a young 20-something, uh, how old are you now? 26. 26. Um, my question is, what's the world like from your perspective? And oh, um, Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I don't, I don't know if I have any. I think, I don't know if I take a collective view as everybody. I think that there's kind of two camps, and one camp is, you know, the world's a terrible place and you know things are divisive and 
we have wildfires and June was the hottest month and you know we have those kind of people and then we also have people that see a lot of potential and and growth and development and opportunity and I'd like to think that I'm in the second camp of that I view the world as as a place that holds a lot of great opportunity and has a lot of potential still um and I think that it's important to remain optimistic uh, and hopefully encourage others to do the same. Um, but I don't know, I think a general thing I have is I see, you know, there's a lot of good to, to be had and good to work towards and um, development and growth of, of the younger you know, generations like mine and those that come after me, I think is going to be really important. So I think I, I view it as a hopeful place and that hopefully, you know, good things are coming and we'll, uh, we'll continue to work together and be more collaborative in, in a world of globalization and reach out to people that are different from us and see the beauty in that. So you, you mentioned it's important to be optimistic. So what um, gives you optimism or courage or um, like what's the source of that for you? Like, you know, like what... Um, yeah, I don't know. What's, what's what's your source for optimism? The source of optimism. Well, uh, that's a good question. Or staying optimistic. Or staying. Yeah. How do you stay optimistic? Um. Well, I think it can. Some of this can circle back to the people you surround yourself with, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, as the saying goes, no one likes a Debbie Downer. Um, for me, I personally find it in my faith. Um, I think that you know it's important to. Um, to have that to look to, to be able to, you know, see the optimism to get refueled. Um, and I also think that it's the internal practice of work, you know, working on yourself. Um, I like to do yoga and have quiet time and just really be able to connect from within and to reflect on what's what what's the negative you know point that I've been dwelling on that hasn't been serving me and I think that you can do that um, through prayer you can do that through a moment of silence of meditation you can do that through um, body movement of yoga or tai chi and I think that's also something that's really important to help remain optimistic so you do what's it little noise should, should we get that or anything oh no it's my heart monitor okay fine. that's fine yeah okay um so you do tai chi Yes. Wow. I really, I don't do it as much as I used to. I got in the practice of doing Tai Chi while I was studying for the bar exam um, because it was mentally and emotionally draining to put everything you'd work for in one exam and you study for it for months. And I was having a hard time sitting and concentrating for so long during the day. And I had read some articles on online and had talked to some friends and they had recommended Tai Chi. And so I did some classes, did some videos, and thought it was actually like really just a really great way to connect and you move. It's, it's nice because it's movement, and, but it's also mindfulness. So um, I think sometimes people get frustrated with the practice of yoga because not everyone can bend and you know do all the poses and do the holding but the nice thing about the tai chi was it there was the movement and the fluidity of it that felt relaxing hmm. um and also kind of recentered you to focus so it's a it's an interesting it's a it's a fun practice but it also has a lot of self-discipline which i like okay cool i um i tried it like once with a video <laughs> it probably wasn't giving it a very good shot 
I would go to a class. Okay. I think it's it's uh, cool to do classes with it. Um, you spread out, and um, I think it's it's really popular in in China. Um, so my friend who's Chinese says that her grandparents and parents actually go to Chai Chi classes in the local park very regularly. Um, so I thought that was kind of something interesting that it's like a community thing yeah. to have this mindfulness all together, but then also to be kind of independent because there's no speaking and it's not like a spin class where you have an instructor, you know, speaking with you, it's more calming and kind of more internal. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned your faith. How would you put that in a nutshell? Like how would, what's that for you, you know, in just a, a summary type of way? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess so a lot of people would say, well, I'm Catholic or I'm Baptist or I'm, um, you know, we've got, you know, non-denominationals, right? Um, I don't know if that's, I was raised Baptist, but I don't know if I would always say that that's how, you know, I would categorize myself when meeting someone who's maybe not of faith, um, because I think it's, it's scary to, to fall to feel like you have to classify and fall under i think a lot of my beliefs you know would be quote unquote baptist but i also feel like that the relationship you have is with god is far more important than the religious classification that you put that under um and so that's something that i try to um be intentional about um is not to think oh well that person's not you know Baptist, so thus our relation or our religion does not align. I think it's more important to see, you know, what is their relationship with God and what are they doing to be intentional um, with that relationship and the relationship they have with others. Um, and so that's something that I feel that it's important. Right. So, not um, right. I understand what you mean. Like I, I kind of hesitate if someone asking me to say I'm Baptist. I. They, they, a lot of times will ask me what church I go to, so mm -hmm. I have to say, you know, I'm a part of a Baptist church, but I, I kind of like to put the emphasis on, um, like, those common things. So I'm distinctively Christian, but I kind of like the emphasis to be on those um, uh, things that are common among Christians rather than particular to Baptist, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So, as far as like, um, you know, you know, relating to God and so forth, um, well, what's that like for you, or what's your relationship with God like, or um, what aspect of it is meaningful to you, or I don't know, just anything along those lines. I'll just shoot out a bunch of questions and you just grab oh, whichever man. one you want. Um. I don't know if I can answer your question as well as I would want to. I think it's hard to articulate, um, and I think it's a journey. Um, I think it's really common sometimes to feel like you know you are well connected and well within your faith, and then I think it's also common other times to feel uncertain and to feel shaky. And um, as my mom often says, you have to have faith by a flashlight. You can't see everything. You don't know everything that's out there, but you have to know that your faith is going to get you to the next step. Um, and I think that's something that I've really clung on to through all of the different journeys of life is that, you know, you have faith by a flashlight. And so um, that's that's a big thing to me. Um, I think, you know, to kind of 
do a sampling of your questions. I think another thing that's um, important is um, I would just have to say like taking things day by day and taking them with gratitude and, and knowing that, you know, we're not supposed to understand everything and um, that's okay. And that kind of, I mean, it ties back into faith by flashlight, but also ties into just taking, you know, being thankful and showing gratefulness and having a moment of um, celebrating things that, you know, have been provided, but also, you know, the things that you cannot see or understand. Yeah. I've never heard Cindy say faith by flashlight, but that's kind of a neat little phrase. Yeah. Yeah. She's got lots of neat little phrases. Your sister does. Yeah. I seen one on her wall that has stuck in my head. Um, something about uh, being in a hurry is the end of kindness. Have you seen that on her wall? Oh, I th- I'm sure I have. Okay. She's got lots of great things there on the walls. That's a good one, though. Being in a hurry is, yeah. Um, but faith by flashlight. <clears throat> yeah. I guess, I guess something along those same lines that I think about sometimes is that... Um, that we're, we are creatures, so that does kind of box us in to some of the mysteries of, of whatever, of existence or reality that we kind of wish we understood, but we're, we just can't because of just um, our creaturely human aspect. And I kind of sometimes mention or relate to it like, um, or think of it like I have a cat and my cat really can't understand me, but the cat can understand everything it needs to be a good cat. And so I can't really understand all of the mysteries of life, but I can understand what I need to be a good human, you know? So it kind of boxes me in, but it gives me, I mean, it kind of, and it's kind of comforting in the fact that I don't have to know everything, but I'm given what I do need to know, in a, you know, what's practical for me to, so that's a little bit, maybe there's some similarities there to Faith by Flashlight. Yeah, I sure. think there's a lot of similarities there. I think part of Faith by a Flashlight is you're okay not knowing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people with anything in life. We're not okay with not knowing. Um, but to be able to be okay in not knowing is, I think, an important an important thing and something we should be constantly practicing towards. Yeah. Um, so I have been using this planner and at the end of the week, it asks you some questions to help you prepare for the next week, but also to look back on the previous week and to list like three to five wins as it puts it. So I list those, I look back and list those things down and it's been kind of a, a neat little exercise because sometimes we can just kind of go on with life and forget about those things. And it's nice just to think, hey, this happened last week. This yeah. happened. That seems significant. So like for you, if you were to look back on a, a typical week, what type of things do you think you would list? Like what would seem significant to you? I guess that's the question. Like <laughs> if you think back, if you in a typical week, what seems like, what well, this is significant. This means something that this happened or something like that. What kind of things like feel like that for you? I think the things that I work towards to create as healthy habits when when you have 
a week that's full of the self-discipline and you have the healthy habits that all kind of come together. That seems to me like a win. So if I get, if I have a week where I get a lot of good runs in, that's, that's, I really find a lot of positivity for that. Or I just started a new job. So it's been nice where, you know, you have the, you have something where you look back on, you're like, ah, I did this. I learned this new thing about my job or I was able to work well with this partner and they, you know, gave me a good you know, voice of affirmation about the, the project I was working on with them. Um, or, you know, I try to set, I try to set like daily mindfulness goals, like, you know, wake up, make sure that I'm waking up and not pressing the snooze, a, you know, a thousand different times or, um, you know, trying to make sure that I get out and get exercise or, you know, connect with somebody that I haven't connected with for a while. Um, so when that all comes together and aligns in my week, I feel very positive about it. And so I, I think that's the win. Now, now as far as mindfulness, like, um, so that's kind of something on my uh, mind too. <laughs> so like, I guess my question is, what do you mean by that? I kind of know like what I th- think of it as, as kind of being present rather than, um, always kind of running in my head what's Mm -hmm. going on what happened what do I need to worry about this and that but rather just kind of being in the moment is that what you mean by mindfulness or is it something different for you mindfulness can be what you want it to be so that can be mindfulness I think mindfulness can also be um you know trying to take time to set forth goals or or creating a, a to-do list can be a moment of mindfulness or going for a run and making sure that you're not, you know, thinking about everything but the run, just focusing on the run. Um, so I think mindfulness is really subjective and it's what you need in that moment or what you need to move on to the next moment that creates what mindfulness is. Um, but I think you, you're right in saying that it's, not allowing external things to come in and to clutter our brains while we're trying to focus on the task at hand or the moment we're we're looking to have. Yeah. Yeah, in some jobs, that's really hard because you're constantly being distracted. You yes. know, it's like <laughs> someone needs your attention here, bam, bam, it's just yeah. pinging back and forth. And mm-hmm. yeah. So it takes maybe extra effort in some situations yeah yeah and i think it's if you have a moment of mindfulness i try to before i sit down to start work i try to look at my calendar and look at my my um schedule email inbox and try to create like a checklist of here's the three to four things projects whatever i'm going to work on today and then try to set goals or try to um work to think okay if i can get you know x number of hours done on this project then that'll help or whatnot um and that's my moment of mindfulness so then later in the day when everyone's pinging you and you're not really quite sure what's going on with you know with work then you take a a minute and you look back at that moment of mindfulness that you've written out in the morning and you can recenter so i think that if you have good practices in place then when things feel like they're not well in place you have something to fall back on huh that's a good tip i appreciate that of course that's free. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as like things that have impacted your life, so I, you know, I can think of like major things that have surely had an 
impact. Like when you were just a girl, your, your dad was killed. And then here recently, as a young woman, you've had a stroke. And then probably clawing your way through school was probably <laughs> impactful, if that's what it felt like, clawing yeah. your way. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of law students would say it's, you know, it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and there may be you know, other things too. But um, So um, is there anything you would like to talk about that has impacted your life and changed your life and, um, and kind of shaped you to be the person you are right now? Well, I mean, I think all the things that you mentioned have shaped me into who I am. Um, I would say that, you know, anytime that we have big things that take place in life, I think we start to, just like we divide time in the world by BC and AD, I think people divide time in their lives of before this event or after that event or whatnot. Um, and so I would say that for all those things we just mentioned, the, the recent health issues I've had, the um, you know the passing of my father, all of that I think has kind of created segments of life. And I try to feel like I learned something out of each segment. So it's not always fair then you know to go back and think, oh, I wish I would have known what I know now. You know, everyone says that. Well, you weren't gonna know it because you had to get through that journey, that segment of life to know what you know now. So look back and have grace with yourself. Um, so I think all of those things have taught me that, is that you know you have to be able to accept what you did not know at that time and celebrate that you know it now. Um, I think law school is the biggest thing for me in that is because you look, the first year of law school, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't come together. You have no clue what you're doing. And then you get into the second the second year, or even just the second semester, and you go, oh my gosh, like I, of course, duh, I should have known that. I should have known how this is the best way to outline, this is the best way to study, this is the best way to talk to a professor. But you weren't going to know it. So be okay with the fact that you didn't know it, and be grateful that you know it now. Okay. Is there any kind of thing ongoing that's a challenge in your life that's, you know, p particular to you that... Um, you know, that you want to talk about? Mm, I don't know. I guess not, because if it's a challenge that's ongoing, then normally I try to, I focus on my challenges within first, and then externalize them second. So there's always, you know, always things in life that come up that you don't, you don't really know how to deal with. You you know it's a challenge. You see that you're looking up from the, the base of the mountain. And you want to make it to the summit. Um, and I feel like the way that I normally do those journeys is I'm a processor. I'm an informational gatherer. I'm an analytic. So I think I first start off by looking at what this challenge is. What's what's What am I going through? What's happening? And then second, then speak about it reach out, talk to those people that I said, you know, so, so important to surround yourself with. And then you'll find that when it gets the hardest, you have those people there. So there are challenges going on in life, but right now I, they're just my challenge. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So processing them internally first. So is that like kind of just getting the right perspective on them and getting a mental handle on it, kind of? Is that kind of what you mean? I think so. Um, I think it depends on, you know, what 
what's going on in the world like what's your chat what's the challenge um but yeah i think it's important to take stock of things to sit down and sometimes make a list or to sit down and journal or to take a moment of of quietness or prayer and figure it out and then um, you don't have to know what you're going to do but at least know that you've sat down and taken stock of the moment and the challenge that that lies ahead or that you're getting that you're entering into yeah so when I think of you, I think of a young lady who's pretty um, ambitious, like kind of heart driving. Like I guess they people talk about type A personalities. Is it what? That would be me. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, what's behind that, or is it just kind of like your genes and stuff? You know. That... Oh man, um, I think I've always been type A. I've always been someone who is proactive. I'm hard on myself. I expect the most out of myself more than I would expect out of others. Um, which I think is challenging when you're a type A or you're a person who, you know, is always striving for betterment. I which I mean there's that's good, right? But you can't let that control you. Um, I think though that what's behind it is always constantly that push and pull of the feeling of am I doing enough? Am I am I giving enough of myself? Am I working hard enough? And also the concerns of burnout or overthinking it or, um, you know, whatever the case may be when it comes to trying to constantly reach for what, in my experience, is I'm really bad at setting unobtainable goals. I expect a lot out of myself. So, like, it may not be quite fair to tell myself, you know, I'm going to go and, and do a, a 10-mile run today. Well, I did eight miles yesterday. So, okay, that's not obtainable for right now where I'm at in my my uh, my journey of running. So, you know, that's when it's important to take a step back and think, okay, what's obtainable? What's a goal that's an, it's a goal, meaning it's something that I need to work towards and set and have self-discipline to get to, but that's not something that's going to be impossible or something that when I don't meet it is going to cause a lot of self-doubt and frustration. So I think that's, I don't, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I think that that's something that a lot of type A people deal with. Yeah. So is like, you know, as far as wanting to make sure you're doing the best or you mentioned something or getting the most out of mm -hmm. yourself and so forth. So what's behind that like why does it matter um or you know emotionally how does that feel like why does it matter if you're doing your very best rather <laughs> oh i don't know i don't know why why does it matter it, it may not i don't know um I, don't, I think that sense of accomplishment uh is something that i think is a positive driver um, so I think that that's maybe part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think if we could figure that out, there'd be a lot fewer people needing to go to therapy. I'm not <laughs> really sure. Yeah. I, um, so what comes to mind for me sometimes is the book of Ecclesiastes. Have you ever just kind of spent time with that? Mm -hmm. And so there, it kind of like, because I'm in my own way, I'm kind of more of a type A personality too. But that kind of pops my bubble a little bit as far as like, if I think if I think I'm going to somehow 
arrive at something or achieve something that is like, I finally did it. I, you know, like it's enough. It's, you know, and then I don't know what to do with the book of Ecclesiastes because basically the author seems to be saying, um, you know, just enjoy life because it's just... Uh, it's fleeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, right. And um, it's all you're, it's all going to be forgotten. You're going to be forgotten, you know, and, and so forth. But then, you know, he, he sums up with, but we all live before God and it's, you know, we give a, account to him and it's important to live our lives in a way that um, recognizes that and that, you know, that... So anyway, um, yeah, so that's kind of like, but he seems to, at one point, seems to think, well, I achieved all these things, and my reward was it just the act of doing it. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't so much that, you know, I got somewhere, but yeah, there was some, and I guess it makes sense that there is satisfaction in just moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, that's why work is better for us mentally than just not working because are one of the reasons because um just having you know like a sense of accomplishment and stuff is just satisfying you know yeah yeah i think that's true i think you can't tie your self-worth to that accomplishment yeah i think that's where people get in pro like in 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 trouble that's where you get into to boiling water but i think that the sense of fulfillment and the want to continue to accomplish things and to set goals and to work and know you gave your best to obtaining that goal or reaching that accomplishment is, I think, a, a positive thing. Yeah. And who knows what kind of impact we're going to make on the lives of others. Like, we know some people in, in history have made these big impacts and that may or may not be us, but we could make a big, big impact on like individual people and they might right. make an impact on other individual people. So that's it's pretty good. Down. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think sometimes when you're doing something, you don't always know whom, who is going to, right. Like you're saying, who's going to impact. And you may never know that the fruits of your labor, you may never know that it did impact somebody. And that's why I think whenever you give your best, whenever you try to reach goals and achieve things, even if it's something that feels really personal or internal, I think it, produces positivity it allows you to be happier and it allows you to share that light with others so i think it's important to realize our the way we feel about ourselves gleans out on other people so accomplish those goals then you're happy and you'll encourage someone else to accomplish a goal that's why people apparently run marathons together yeah they all support each other you get a good team and you share runs, you share information, your nutrition, and then you go out there and you do something big and you encourage someone else then to go out and, and do the same. Yeah. And that's what life is. It's a big marathon. So, How do you like to connect with people? Do you like one-on-one, -on -one, over coffee, face-to-face? -face? Do you like to be doing something with people? Do you like it to be a big group? Like my son, he would say, I like to connect by being out on a soccer field with other people. <laughs> I like that. Um, all of the above. Is that an, is that an option? Yeah. Um, I think it depends on who it is. I think it depends on where I'm at in, in life or in the day or whatever. Sometimes mentally and emotionally sitting down to have a conversation, a cup of coffee is just a lot. I don't want, I don't, 
want to sound rude, but love people. But sometimes you have to be mentally and emotionally on to really be able to engage with certain people. And so um, if you know you can't give that to someone, I think it's almost not fair to try to attempt to do that not in your full list. So then it's nice that you have other means to connect, whether that's doing an activity, playing a sport, um, sending a text message. I think technology is wonderful because you can literally leave a quick comment and make someone's day. Um, hopefully people are using comments for the positives. <laughs> no trolls. Um, but like you can leave a comment, you can leave a like, and you can make someone's day to know, oh, you know, well, or Alyssa thought of me, and or they, they wanted to comment on that. And I think that's important to know. It's important to know where you're at, what you can give to others, and it's important to be intentional while you're doing that. So I think it's um, a matter of assessing where you're at and then being able to assess what you can give. Yeah. So it changes then what that, what that medium of connecting is. Yeah, right. But I like the soccer field. I think that one that one wins. Yeah. Eleven <laughs> people on your team, like including yourself, and you you can talk as much or as little as you want on and off the sidelines and it's a that's kind of I think a good a good one. Yeah. Um well anything what else else has impacted your life? Like are there any books that have just really made a difference in your life or I don't know. Any books? Mm, no. Okay. The tax code is the book that I currently um, am reading. Has it changed your life? Uh, well, it may change again under the new administration. It changes oh. quite quickly. So right. I don't know if you want to put all your eggs in that as life changing. Right. Because uh, it changes. Um, I don't. I don't know if there's a book or a, any you know medium like a movie or anything that I think has been life changing. Um, I think sharing in um sharing just in like life with people as and learning from people and growing has been um something that's change changes you as you go through life um which again i think goes back to you you know surround yourself with these good people because it may not be something specifically that happens to you in life that changes you i don't think we change overnight i think we change over the course of time and hopefully we're changing for the better and you can help ensure that by surrounding yourself with people who promote and challenge you and want to innate change in your life. Because I don't think we're, we shouldn't be stagnant. I don't think we're meant to be stagnant people. So I think change is important. Hmm. Yeah. But it's a journey. I don't, I don't think someone can say, this event changed me. I think the event opened your mind to the change to follow. Concerning change, something that... I've been thinking about and listening to some podcast related to it's just coming to know things mm -hmm. like it's kind of like feeling in the dark somewhat and it, and it's using the sense no different than just gaining information like gaining information mm -hmm. is one way of knowing facts but like to know something and an illustration is um, kind of like uh, bodily knowing like when you're learning how to write a, a bicycle it's like you don't know what that balance feels like or how to use your muscles but as you learn you're just kind of feeling it out and you know you're on the right track when you start propelling yourself forward and um and i think when we um come to know something um that's kind of like a, a signal that um 
we're kind of touching on something that's true mm -hmm. is because it opens up more um, avenues for us and stuff. Or I don't know, but I get knowing, like coming to know, seems to be kind of related to this change that you know you were mentioning. But mm -hmm. yeah, coming to knowing, you can know something, and then also understanding something. I think are also two different things. You know, I may know that you're tall, but I may not understand why. I mean, you know, if I didn't know our, you know, our family and our grandparents, I wouldn't know that we have tall genes. I was not blessed with those, by the way. But, um, you know, and, and understand why. And so I think that it's also important to know that the difference of I know something versus I understand something. And then I think that helps also promote the changes and challenges that come and allow you to move forward in life. Um, are there any routines? You've mentioned them, some routines that are meaningful to you, like um, anything that you do pretty much on a daily basis that really helps you in your life? Um, brushing my teeth has been a big win. <laughs> Flossing, like that's been a big one. No, um, um, I would say I really like to have a good routine throughout the, the work week. So for me getting up every morning, I try to get up at the same time. Um, I listen to the same news podcasts. So I listen to NPR and the economist as I'm getting ready. Um, you know, I think that is something that's really important that I really like is having that sense of regularity and scheduling things and having a good habit. Um, and then from that, I think then you can um, start your day off on a positive. So I always make my bed. Everything, the first thing I do is I make my bed every morning. And that's for me, like you start your day off with a win. Something's done. You accomplished something, and it's nice to come back at the end of the day. And even if you had a terrible day, you look over and you're like, "Oh, it's made. It looks nice," you know. So I think that that kind of stuff is really important. Yeah. So it seems like you value order and structure. I guess. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson again. He mentions like chaos and order mm -hmm. and how we kind of need to be on the line in between somewhat yeah. like just solid order can be cold and dead mm -hmm. but then to total chaos like you can't live there no. you know but you almost so you need kind of like both of them but the order kind of gives you a good foundation for venturing into the the sea, chaos. The chaos. <laughs> when the chaos comes to, becomes too much, you can retreat into the order. Right. You don't know what your day is going to bring, but you know that if you start your day with order and process, that you can come back to that order and process. Yeah. Um, is is there anything like you would do if you were just wanting to shake up your life and you know just venture into chaos, so that when you came back, it almost would be like you'd be a different person? I don't know. Sometimes I think about, you know, like making a big move, like just going somewhere you've never gone before and just showing up, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that may be interesting or fun to do. Um, I don't know. Um, I think putting yourself out there is really important, and that can bring forth uncertainty and chaos. Um, right. Trying a new, a new activity, a new meeting a new person, all those things are decisions you can make throughout the course of your day that 
are not part of your order and structure that can right. bring forth really positive things. Yeah. So sometimes just telling the truth as clearly as possible can be venturing into chaos because you don't know where it's going to take you. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, I guess that could happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess there's lots of ways. But um, yeah, like uh, opening yourself up to a new person or something like that. Right. That's a, yeah. a similar thing. You don't know yeah. where it's going. You don't know where it's going to go. It could be great. It could be terrible. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. I one thing I've thought of was um, have you have heard you heard of couch surfing? Yes. Okay. Have you done that? I have. Oh wow, you're brave. And it was an amazing experience, um, but this was several years back. But anyway, mm-hmm. an idea was to have like a week of couch surfing and podcasting all along the way with whoever I was really with cool. and stuff. Yes, yeah. so I don't know if I'll do it. It's on my list to do it this year. Yeah, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> TBD with with the pandemic, but definitely would be an exciting journey for sure. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Well, um, anything else that um, would be interesting to you to bring up, to toss around, or anything like that? I don't. I don't know. Um, I can't think of anything. I'm sure what I think is interesting and fun too. I'm a little nerdy. Is probably not what other people would think of as interesting or fun. Um, but no, I guess nothing I can think of. <laughs> Where would you like to be in like um, the next few years, five years from now? Oh man, um, I feel like this is a job interview. If you'll see on the first line <laughs> of my resume, I'm highly qualified. Um, I don't know. So uh, I'm kind of displaced right now. I technically work and live in New York City, but I'm living here in St. Charles. Um, temporarily while we work remotely so i would hope that i go back to new york city and enjoy enjoy my time there i I like living there so i'm excited to get back um i don't know if i'll foresee myself being there for five years or for 15 years or you know i don't know um i like right now that in life there's lots of things that are open-ended in a positive way so like i just started this new job i'm gonna go back to new york city so Um, we'll see what happens. I think that right now, instead of making a clear plan, it's been more to me about just participating as best I can on the journey. Um, so I think that's something that I've been trying to learn and and practice and work on and it's exciting. Great. Well, thanks, Alyssa. It's been good talking with you. It's been good talking to you too, Uncle Will. Hopefully people find this interesting. (laughs) 